Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our visions of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. Before we get into it today, make sure that you are subscribed to the show, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Everything we do here is to help you, to help you learn so that you can do all that you were created to do, so that you can maximize your potential and who you are. As cliche as that sounds, we have interviews with New York Times bestselling authors and really just the most successful people in the world every single week, two times a week, we have those interviews. So we don't want you to miss it. Make sure you go do that. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. My guest today is Josh Steinle. Josh is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and executive coach who's written over 3,000 articles for public... Not 3,000. 300 articles. 3,000? Man, that'd be something. (laughs) That'd be something. 300 articles for publications like Fortune, Time, Forbes, Inc., Mashable, Entrepreneur, so many others. And he's the author of Chief Marketing Officers at Work, which contains 29 interviews with CMOs from organizations like GE, the Harvard Business School, Spotify, Target, and PayPal, and was recognized in Success Magazine as one of the top five best business books of 2016. Josh is also a TEDx speaker, and while in college, Josh founded MWI, a digital marketing agency with offices in Hong Kong, Singapore, China, the UK, and the US. He's also the founder and CEO of Influencer Incorporated, Influencer Inc., a publishing, training, and events company that provides personal branding and thought leadership services to CEOs and other executives. Entrepreneur Magazine put Josh on their 50 inspirational entrepreneurs to watch in 2017 list. Forbes recognized him as one of 25 marketing influencers to watch in 2017, and he was ranked number seven on Richtopia's list of top 100 most influential CMOs and data gathered from social media research firm, from social media research firm Leadtail ranked Josh number eleven on their list of most people most mentioned and retweeted by CMOs. Popping up all over the place, Josh. Josh <laughs> lives on a farm near Boston with his wife, two children, and twenty-seven horses, and is an avid reader, trail runner, triathlete, and skateboarder. Josh Steinley, welcome to Growth Mindset University. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, that was a bunch of propaganda there, huh? <laughs> that's that's what I was that's what I was saying for for people that don't know my my friend Mark Bowden, a friend of the podcast as well, uh, very an expert on body language. He he's like he he I read the introduction. And he goes, "Thanks for reading that piece of propaganda." <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting, but you have twenty seven horses. That's a lot. 
Yeah, we, it's an interesting situation. We just moved here in February to Boston. I told my wife, I said, I want to live on a farm that somebody else takes care of. And we found this house to rent where there's a farm, but somebody else takes care of it. So we've got all these horses on the property, but I don't have to do anything. So it's great. No, you just love horses. I like being around animals. Yeah. I like this country life, but I grew up in LA. I don't know the first thing about running a farm or how to live on a farm without chopping a hand off or something. So I'm mm -hmm. just, I'm like cool being here, but, uh, I'd like to take things a step at a time. And if you just threw me onto a farm, I'd be dead within a few months, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you lived in China too. You love nature. You're a trail runner. You love to do that. What is it about, you know, na what does nature do for you, Josh? I read something a couple of years ago that said that if you go out and climb a tree, that your brain works better. There was like this study that if you go out and you get up in a tree, you can, your brain will function better throughout the rest of the day. I don't know why that is, but there's something about being out in nature that refreshes me and puts me on my A game. And so I go running three days a week. I go out running and I'm in the trees and on the trails and there's just something about it that it makes my day so much better if I get out and I'm in nature that way. Mm -hmm. So I heard you on many podcasts where you were still living in China. That's not the case anymore, right? Yep, that's right. Just a few months, been back in the U.S. now. How come? So we were in China for six years, and the reason we went there was to adopt an older child, a little girl. And we didn't find her while we were over there, and we started feeling like, yeah, our time up is our time's up in Asia. So we moved back and decided to go on to the next phase and try to find her later. And so we got here to Boston and one month ago we found her. So we're actually headed back this August to go pick up oh. our daughter and bring her home to the U.S. And, uh, but yeah, we're just on with the next phase of life here in the U.S. Absolutely. So you heard you talking candidly on you know how you know you just on you know you write for Forbes and uh, I don't know that I heard really how you got that opportunity but you say it just fell into your lap how did how did how does an opportunity like that just fall into your lap it's all about knowing the right people so one thing I've noticed is the older I get, the more opportunities fall into my lap because everybody I grew up with who was young once upon a time and wasn't well connected and didn't have a business. Now all my friends have businesses and are doing stuff. And so it's great. The older you get, all these opportunities just start coming your way because mm. you're, you've just been around for longer. So in 2013, I had a friend who ran a PR agency and so she was getting people placed in all sorts of publications and I went to her to get some help for my business because my business was struggling. And she helped me to get an article in Fast Company, which was the first time I had ever published something in a major magazine and that was really fun. And I noticed that she was writing for Forbes but had like a regular column going on, like every week she was pushing out a new article. And I asked her, I said, how are you doing this? Like you're running an agency, but you're also a journalist. And she said, no, I'm not a journalist. I'm just a contributor. And I was like, what's a contributor? She's like, well, I get to write for Forbes. They don't pay me anything, but I get to write articles there and I get exposure from it. Yeah. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And she said, my editor's coming to town two weeks. You want to meet him? And I was like, sure. Okay. And so I met her editor two weeks later and he's like, Hey, I've been reading your blog. I saw your fast company article. I want you to write for us. And I was like, <laughs> okay. 
And that was it. And I started writing for Forbes. And at first, I almost turned it down. I was almost like, I'm too busy. I got a lot of stuff going on. You know, I, what am I, why should I do this? And thankfully, I kept my mouth shut and I started writing for Forbes. And that changed everything, saved my business. And it led to just a ton of amazing experiences. Well, isn't this interesting? I, I might be naive, but I think back in the day, people that wrote for like magazines and newspapers, they, they were getting like they were getting paid. Right. And nowadays, like, you know, you have contributors for Forbes and Entrepreneur and all these uh, publications that essentially write for free. Like, what do you get out of it, Josh? You said exposure. Yeah, I got exposure, but I also got $5 million. So yeah. I don't get paid, but I got exposure and that exposure translated into leads from my business. It wasn't like I was going out there and saying, I'm the CEO of MWI, come hire my business. It was more, hey, I've been running a digital marketing agency for 15 years. Here are some lessons I've learned about search engine optimization or paid search, about how to hire a marketing agency, how to work well with a marketing agency. And I would just give all the knowledge I had accrued over these years running this business. And I would just share all our secrets. I'd tell people, this is how we do things. This is exactly how it works. You can go do it yourself. But a lot of those people would come back after reading the article and say, hey, I love this article, but I'm not going to do this myself. Can we just hire you? And so then we'd get leads from that. And our business just exploded. And it all came through Forbes. I can track over $5 million of revenue directly back to the Forbes articles that I've written. It's an, it's indirect. And I know people like I see, I mean, I'm sure you see all the time as well. It's just like, every, like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people will go in like, it's like, ask, 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 you know, right hook, right hook, right hook, instead of like jab, 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 and, and not yeah. leading with something valuable, not leading with actionable knowledge that you were leading with. And I think when you do that, I mean, it puts you there. I mean, because I always, I always think of like, I, I might've been Gary Vaynerchuk that said it, but like give away all your secrets and then people, people will love it, but they'll tell you, you know, your secrets aren't good enough. Can you do it for us? And we'll give you money. So that's, that's kind of what's going on there. It seems like. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's so funny because we give away our secrets, secrets and we think, oh, everybody's going to steal my secret and they'll just do it themselves. It's like, people don't have time to do this stuff themselves. They don't know how to do it just because you tell somebody a couple of SEO secrets doesn't mean they're going to run out and suddenly be an SEO expert if they even wanted to do that. And so, yeah, it's like I give away all my secrets, but I know that 99% of the people out there don't have the time or the expertise or the desire to go implement it themselves. So I can yeah. give them secrets all day long. It's not going to hurt me. Sometimes it's best to leave it to the professionals too. I mean, or most times it's best to leave it to the professionals, but then there's another side of the coin where I see people like Joe Rogan, who are like very, like they don't give away their secrets. You know, I know a friend who is friends with Joe Rogan and, you know, she wants, she has a podcast as well. And uh, she's like trying to just get out of him, like what mics he uses and he won't give it up. He will not give it up. <laughs> Even things that and, don't matter, huh? <laughs> right. Well, I it could... I, I, you know, I'm listening because I'm in the middle of one right now, uh, of one of his sh episodes right now. And I'm like, darn, like this is, this is something, something else. I'm in, like, I'm becoming an audio snob, but like he doesn't, like I have this guide. I literally have this podcast university where I give away like everything, you know, mm -hmm. all my equipment and just everything. 
the all the unknown variables of podcasting. And I'm like rethinking it. I'm like, huh, should I not be giving this away? But I don't know. Well, if you're Joe Rogan, you can break the rules a little bit, perhaps. You can. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I just I think it's much more fun to just give and help people out. And I see it come back to me years later sometimes where somebody will come to me and they'll say, I've been following you for five years and I've never reached out, but I saw this post you did last week and you were talking about PR services and I'm ready to go on this. Can I use you for PR? Yeah. It's like, wow, that's a five-year investment on my part. I had no idea this person was even listening, but thank goodness I've been giving out value for five years because that's what kept that relationship alive until that person was ready to come to me. Long game. I mean, your blog, as we were talking off the air, I mean, it is just a powerhouse. Like, I love it. And that's how <laughs> I came across you because I was just, I was just Googling stuff and a couple of times you came up and I was like, hold on, I got to reach out to this guy because this is actually really good. So, and just the way that you, like on some of your services page, like your LinkedIn done for you uh, page is mm-hmm. like on, on joshsteinley.com. Just the way you lay it out so simply with like deliverables, it's just genius. I mean, because sometimes you go to a sales page and you're like, well, what is it still? <laughs> but you're so clear with action steps in 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 and deliverables, and I I love it, man. But I'll know, tell you though, about, it's it's not yeah. genius though. It's rewriting oh. it ten times. That's why it sounds good because wow. the first time it was written, it wasn't that good. And then we'll get somebody coming to us and saying, I don't know what you're talking about here, and we'll say, Oh, well, we'll tell us. Like, where is it confusing? What's not working for you? And then they're like, Well, what about this? And what about this? And I'm like, oh, Okay, yeah, let me go back and rewrite that. Mm. So really, it's I do so much stuff wrong the first time, the second time, the third time, but by the tenth time, I've usually got it pretty dialed in. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I love to. One of my favorite things to ask people, and I'm glad. I guess this is maybe this is like a. This is almost like a, a, a confirmation sort of thing here, a confirmation bias that I'm like looking for. But I love to ask people, what is unclear about this? What just sucks about this? Mm-hmm. And I guess it's sort of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but but Mark Manson, so when he, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, blogging is in recession and everyone's traffic is down pretty much across the board. And it's been going that way for a couple of years for a number of reasons. How has your blog been affected in, say, the last five, six years? Yeah, I used to get a lot more traffic to my blog and I get less traffic today than I did once upon a time. But I'm going for really targeted traffic. And so it's, I don't look at aggregate traffic levels all that much. I look at are people going to the content that I want them to go to? And really what I'm looking at is, am I getting people coming to me and specifically saying, I saw this blog post and this is why I'm reaching out to you, just like you just did. And the real success factor for me, which I love, which is what you said, is when people say, I was reading something that you wrote and then a month later I was searching for something else and you popped up again and I was like, wait a second, I've already read something by this guy. When I have people come to me and say that, that makes my day because that shows me that I'm popping up in all the right places and getting those multiple touch points is great because that builds confidence and trust in people. So I love it when I write a lot and I've pushed out, I've got 
over a thousand blog posts that I've pushed out there over the past 20 years or something, which actually compared to some people, I mean, they're my friend Kamanzi, he writes like 30 articles for entrepreneur and success every single month. I mean, that guy's a content machine. And Rand Fishkin over at Moz, he used to yep. write like a thousand posts a year or something, or is every single day, every single day he pushed out a blog post for years. So I'm nowhere near as prolific at those as those people have been, but I've got a fair amount of content out there and it's enough that it pops up in multiple places the right way. And yeah, I get people coming and saying, I saw you here and then I saw you here and then I saw you here. And then I was like, I've got to reach out to this guy. And that's when I know that it's still working, even if I'm Mul not getting the traffic numbers I used to. Mm -hmm. Multiple touch points are so important in marketing. And one of the ways that you can do that is with some really great SEO. And it's so clear that you obviously have that and you you practice what you preach because that's why you keep popping up for me. And I saw like, you know, with, you know, you mentioned Rand, uh, Rand Fishkin, and he has a great tool with the domain authority and that I just have like plugged into my browser here. And I think yours is like a 45 out of 100, which is really good for people that don't know. I mean, mine's like 23 and I've worked at that. Amazon, of <laughs> course, is like 99 or 100. But Josh is, Josh, you're a, you're a powerhouse there as well in domain authority. So like, why wouldn't people hire you for that? It just makes so much sense. Well, we're still, so, so many bloggers are working on promoting themselves through social media and all sorts of other routes. Uh, but Darren Rouse, he runs problogger.net, which is one of the biggest websites on how to be a better blogger. And he said he was doing a mastermind or had a bunch of his blogger friends over and he was asking them, where are you putting most of your focus? And they were all saying, oh, I'm focused on social, social, social. And they said, where are you getting most of your traffic? And they all pulled up their stats and looked at it, 95% SEO. That's where all oh. their traffic was coming from. And the, I mean, those social posts, unless it's like LinkedIn Pulse or like a, like a LinkedIn article, I mean, they're not indexed. Like they're, and too, what I've found, LinkedIn, like I can't, I don't have posts from two years ago. Like they're gone. They delete them after a certain amount of posts. Like it's, it's almost like running on a, a treadmill or a hamster wheel, it, it, social posting in a way. And whereas a blog post with great SEO or a website with great SEO is more evergreen. And you don't, though you write a lot, Josh, you don't have to write every four hours. Uh, whereas, you know, on LinkedIn, if you're posting videos, you kind of got to do it every single day. Yeah, I mean, you can write a blog post. I mean, case in point, one of my For Forbes articles, I said I could track over 5 million in revenue to my Forbes writing. Over 3 million of that, I can track back to one single article that's still generating revenue for us, and I wrote it in 2013. So, I mean, that's the power of a blog post. What yeah. social media post is generating revenue for you today that you wrote six years ago? Just Was doesn't that work that way. What was that the SEO one, that article? That was the SEO one. It was how to hire an SEO firm or four tips on how to hire an SEO firm. So you can see how that hit people at just the right time, the right way. Because imagine you go on Google and you type in how to hire an SEO firm. Well, what are you doing typing that in? Those are people who are looking to hire an SEO firm. And then you pull up a Forbes article called four tips on how to hire an SEO firm. You're going to look at that article. And then once you read it, you're going to say, well, wait a second, who wrote this? Oh, this guy owns an SEO agency. Well, he's in Forbes. He's telling me how to hire an agency. Let's just go hire this guy. I mean, that's what happened. So that article has just been a gold mine for us. Mm -hmm. 
It makes so much sense. And so you've got a new project right now, Seven Systems of Influence. What excites you most about what you're doing there? So this is a book I'm working on, but it's turning into more than a book. It's a framework that I'm building a book around, but I'm also building a company around this to do training and such. And what excites me about this is that I like principles. Tactics are great, but tactics are temporary. And I like principles that you can look through history and say, this is what people were doing 2,000 years ago to be influential and successful and be good leaders. And this is what the same stuff that people are doing today to be influential and be good leaders. And so I've looked through history and I've studied what makes people highly influential. And I came up with seven systems, seven things that they do over mm -hmm. and over and over again, whether they know it or not, they're doing these seven things. And so I'm doing a bunch of research, putting this into a book because my philosophy is most people in the world are good. And if I can help people become more influential, they'll use that influence to do good things and make the world a better place. So my purpose, my mission with this book is I want people to know how to influence other people in a positive way. This is the book on how to do that. And these are systems that I know work because I've researched these and I'm testing these against everybody that I can research, modern day, historical, whatever, and saying, okay, are they doing these seven things? Yes, they're doing these seven things. And that's giving me a lot of foundation to say, if you do these things, you have a good claim on success or you're going to become an influential person. I love the level of research you do and it's so evident. And of course, just your posts and whatnot, but you know, even in this book is you mentioned and you just posted on Instagram the other day, like, where is the book? Hold on. I got it right here. Here it is. You're like reading Love Does for the <laughs> love right chapter. Yeah, for the love chapter of your book. And uh, like, you're just, you're a, you're a, I, I love the attention to detail and just the due diligence that you're doing. So out of all these systems though, like I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say them. So vision, genius zone, audience, content, action, collaboration, and love. What are a few of your favorites, Josh? Well, that's like asking which kid is your favorite kid. You know, I love them all. <laughs> But uh, I really like the seventh system, love, which was the hardest one to come up with. Now that I've got it in there, it kind of seems logical to me, but it was hard. Like I had six systems and I was like, oh, I just feel like this is what parents say too when they're having like their last child. They're like, I just felt like there was one more. I felt like there was one more system, like something was missing. And it took me a long time to finally figure out, oh, it's love. And I think the reason it took me so long is I didn't want to use the word love in a book because it sounds weird at first. It's like, wait, love? This doesn't fit with the other things. But I realized you can have all the other systems in place of influence and have them functioning just the right way. But if there's no love in it, then your influence is going to be short term. It's going to be temporary. It's going to fall apart. But if you've got love, you can be doing a halfway good job on the other things. You can be missing a few. You can be failing. But if you've got the love there, it might all still work out. So love is really that key to influence because it's like that cliche saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I was just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> when you have love there, it means a lot to people. My business partner at MWI, he said this once to me. He's like, man, as a parent... 
you can make a lot of mistakes, but if your kids know that you love them and your heart is in the right place, it covers up a lot of those mistakes. And that really stuck with me. And that's kind of the key here is that if you've got love, things will work out. You might make a lot of mistakes, but people will know that you care. So they'll trust you and they'll listen to you and you'll have that influence that you need to have with them. I love that because love, I love that. <laughs> I got to stop using that as like a crutch phrase, but <laughs> it's, it's like a sneaky crutch phrase. Like love it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do love it because, you know, I feel like I feel, I really do feel like that's where I get ahead in this people. Listeners know listeners of this show realize they know that I live, love and breathe this show. And it's, evident in my posts in these kinds of conversations and really do get ahead that way and you know there are other people that I know and I will never name names but it's really evident that they just don't care they don't love <laughs> it and and as a result people there's not many people that care for that show and my favorite podcast that I listen to they either really love it or it's just like, just a, it's just a fun thing they do. Like for Joe Rogan, it's just like a fun thing he does. He just sits down and talks to people for three, four hours at a time. And it's just a fun thing. Uh, and uh, Tom Bilyeu, same thing. It's just like, and of course, he, he does so much research and due diligence. I love him as well in that sense. But I agree with that, Josh. Yeah, and it, it's, it's love in a lot of different ways. Obviously, we're not talking about romantic love here, but we're talking about do you love your content? Do you love the process of doing what you're doing? Do you love your audience, the people that you're interacting with? And do you love yourself? Are you part of, do you feel good about yourself as you do whatever work that you're doing to influence other people? So this applies whether you're a parent, a teacher, an entrepreneur, a social media influencer, no matter what you're doing, you're influencing people. And if love's there, it works. If the love's not there, it doesn't matter. You can have everything else perfect. If you don't have love, it's it's worthless. Yeah. So collaboration, I always say better together. It's chapter 10 or 11 in my book. And, you know, I, you know, there's solopreneurs and you can only go so far as a solopreneur. You have to, and, and you know this very well, you have to build a team around you, a high performing team around you to take you to that next level. Most times, uh, so what's your philosophy behind collaboration here, that system? Collaboration, it's, we can do stuff on our own, but we cannot do nearly as much. I mean, if you collaborate with others, then you can do a thousand times, a million times more than you can do on your own. And you even think about, so people that you think of as acting alone. So I love uh, the author of To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Shoot, can't remember her name right now, but... even her, you're like, well, she didn't collaborate with anybody. She just worked by herself, right? And she wrote that book. Well, no, she had two friends who came to her and said, we know there's a great book inside you. We're going to pay you a year's salary so you can take a year off of work and write your book. And she took a year off of work and she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. So even she had collaborators who were helping around. She was childhood friends with Truman Capote, who's another famous author. And so they bounced ideas back and forth. We are all influenced by other people even if we're collaborating on a small scale with just a handful of people. I like to think about my friend, Derek Anderson. He started Startup Grind, if you've heard of uh, that organization. They do events all around the world now. They have hundreds of chapters. They've 
influenced millions of startups and entrepreneurs. And he started that out as just a thing where he was meeting with people and interviewing famous entrepreneurs or good entrepreneurs in the Bay Area. And then it spread to another chapter and he started another chapter and another one and another one. Now they have like over 500 chapters around the world. So all these people are his collaborators at Startup Grind. And he's had this huge influence that he never could have created that all by himself. He had to involve other people. And too many times we think, well, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to give talks or something. But if you can get your audience or other people to collaborate with you and become part of that, then your influence can spread so much further and you can have such a bigger impact in the world. Certainly. Josh, what is the genius zone? So the genius zone is, it's the thing that sets you apart and makes you special. And really the example I like to give here is I have a friend, uh, his name's Jess. And Jess and I, we coach each other. So we kind of trade executive coaching services back and forth. He's my coach, I'm his coach. And we have a call every month and Jess and I got on a call once and he's like, oh, I'm doing this business and this business and this, and none of them are really doing well. And he's basically a kind of broke. And yet he had all these businesses that had really great potential, but he was split between all of these things. And he could never figure out where to focus his time. And I had just read this book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about this concept of a zone of genius or your genius zone in there saying, and the key takeaway is just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. And I just shared this thought with Jess. He hadn't even read the book. I just shared the thought with him and he's like, oh man, that's it. That's it. That's my problem right there. I'm doing everything that I can just because I can and because I am good at it. And he's like, you know what? I'm good at running a hedge fund, but a lot of people can run a hedge fund. I don't need to do this. What difference is it going to make in the world if I run another hedge fund? Everybody's running a hedge fund. Mm -hmm. And so he quit and he just dropped that thing. And then he started looking at his other businesses and saying, where's somewhere that I can make a real difference here, that I can contribute something that nobody else can? And so that's when I realized, man, there's a lot of power in just this idea. And I started sharing this more. It's not my idea. I stole it from Gay Hendricks and he probably got it from somebody else. But this idea that we have something that sets us apart and makes us unique. And that's where we can give the most value. That's where we can serve the best if we figure out what that is. That's powerful for me. It's powerful for everybody that I've shared this with. And it allows you to say, I'm going to do certain things and I'm not going to do other things because I want to focus on that zone of genius where I find the most fulfillment and I give the most value. So that's really the power of the genius zone is once you find that thing, then you can act faster, you can get really good at that, and you can serve better. You can do something that nobody else can do. So the way you find your genius zone real quick. Oh, I was just going to ask. Oh, my gosh. You knew it. <laughs> yeah, is that people say, well, I'm good at a lot of things. So make a list of all those things that you're good at because everybody's good at a lot of things. Everybody, and I call these expert zones. These are things you're good at. I don't mean that you're an uber expert at it, like you're the best. I just mean... Do you ever get asked to fix computers or do you ever get asked marketing questions? Do people turn to you for a certain type of information or knowledge? Mm. That's one of your expert zones. List all of those expert zones and you probably have a hundred of them. And this can be also what language you speak, places you've lived. You might think like, where are you from, Jordan? I am Where'd you grow from up? originally outside of Philadelphia. 
Okay. So you're from Philadelphia and you might think, well, I'm not an expert on Philadelphia. It's like those tour guide guys downtown. Like those are the guys who are experts on Philadelphia. But I've only been to Philadelphia twice in my life for like a day or something. So compared to me, you're an expert on Philadelphia. If I had questions about Philadelphia, you could answer questions for me and be my expert. Now, compared to somebody else in Philadelphia, maybe you're not the expert, mm. but compared to me, you're the expert. So put that down. Philadelphia, that okay. goes on your expert zone list. So you make a list of all your expert zones, and then you start looking at that and saying, how can I combine these to create a genius zone? So for example, I grew up skateboarding. I'm still a skateboarder, and I've worked in the skateboarding industry. I used to run a skate shop, and I know a bunch of guys in the skateboarding industry. Okay, big deal. There are 10,000 other people out there that know just as much as I do, if not a lot more about the skateboarding industry. I also know a lot about marketing because I've run a marketing agency for the past 20 years, but big deal. There are 100,000 other people out there in the United States who have run a marketing agency. So that by itself doesn't make me special. But if you combine those two things and you say, who knows as much about the marketing world, the corporate marketing world as I do, and the skateboarding industry, and you connect those two things, I'm in a group of maybe 10 people in the world who know those two worlds together. So that makes me special. So I could go to Adidas or Nike and say, hey, you're trying to market to skateboarders and I know marketing and I know skateboarding and I know this as well as anybody out there. I could make that my zone of genius and become a consultant to any company trying to enter the skateboard market that doesn't understand skateboarders because I know that, but I also know that marketing side of things. So that makes that could be a genius zone of mine if I wanted to be even though by themselves, they aren't special, but putting them together, it makes something really unique. Mm -hmm. Josh, I, um, I endorse your services, your blog, your content at the absolute highest level. And people that listen to this show have a personal brand. Maybe they're solopreneurs trying to grow and they're young. What is one of your services? Because again, I just highly endorse that that they can go check out to go to the next level? Well, oh, thank you, first of all, for endorsing uh, anything that I'm doing. Uh, I'm, just a, uh, I'm just a failed entrepreneur who has failed enough times that now I just don't do what I used to do and it seems to work out. So, um, <laughs> But if I can uh, promote anything... I just released a course called 60 Days to LinkedIn Mastery. It's 50 bucks. It's a cheap course. It's an email a day course where you sign up and you just get one email every day and it's got a simple tip that shows you how to do something on LinkedIn. That's the thing that I love that I've been able to launch recently because everything in there is stuff that I've done on LinkedIn that has given me huge results in my business. And at 50 bucks, it's practically free. So it's one of these things yeah. where I'm like, I've used LinkedIn to generate hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue for my businesses. I've built a six-figure business on LinkedIn and nothing else. And everything that I use to build that business and to build up my other business is in this course. It's all these tips. And it's just simple stuff. Things like when you create a post on LinkedIn, start it with a question, end it with the same question. That's an easy yes. way to get more engagement on your LinkedIn post. So there's one tip. And I go into a little more detail on the email tip, but that's the type of thing that's in this course. It's just 60 of these quick tips 
that for some people, they'll go through these and they'll be like, oh, I already know this one. I already know this one. Oh, that one's interesting. Oh, I already know this one. Other people, they're going to be like, I didn't know any of this stuff. This is amazing. So hopefully that's helpful to somebody out there. And if you contact me and you say that you heard me on Jordan's show, I'll tell you how to get a discount on it. Send me an email. I'll send you a discount code. Cool. We'll have that in the show notes as well. JordanParis.com slash Steinly. And even just that one tip, I can say, and in the majority of my posts, that's what I do. I got it from like a friend who's not even on LinkedIn because, you know, he just noticed and he's much older than me that I was like, you know, I'm making like these big brash statements and that's fine. But like, he's like, you know what I like to do? I like to... He doesn't even post. He doesn't even post. He, the, he's just talking about it in life. I like to pose the, the be the poser of questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to pose a question, start a discussion. And it has really multiplied my engagement. So if that's one tip, imagine what the 59 others are. And for 50 bucks, I mean, this course is probably worth 5,500 bucks at least. I mean, this is a bargain. So jordanparis.com slash Steinley. We will have it there. You can Follow Josh at Josh Steinley on Twitter and joshsteinley.com, of course. Josh, is there anything else? No, thank you so much. I appreciate the chance to promote that. Of course, my pleasure. And uh, so my final question, you know, if you could, you have courses, right? Uh, If you could teach a course at a university, though, course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? It'd be a course on influence because that's the thing that I'm studying right now. That's my genius zone is trying to help people become more influential because like I was saying earlier, we're all influencers. We all influence other people. And really that's the biggest gift. That's the biggest value that we have in this life is to influence another human's life and change the course of their life to help somebody change their life. That's an amazing responsibility. It's amazing privilege. And if there's anything, anything I can do to help somebody understand how they can influence other people better and be a, more of a positive impact on them, then that's something I would love to have the chance to do. Josh Steinley, you are the man. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jordan. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, there are a couple of ways that you can give back. The first is, of course, to leave an honest rating and review in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. You can also take a screenshot of this and share it out on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore and tag our guest as well. And we will absolutely give you some love. And then, of course, if you want to start your own podcast, a podcast like this or any other podcast that you envision, you can go to jordanparis.com slash PU to get free access to Podcast University. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.